Well, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 111 of Starting the Conversation and welcome to the second episode released today, which just like the first is me sitting down with my incredible accountant, Ben from Cone Accounting to talk all things money. Now in this episode, Ben and I are talking about the profit first approach, which if you watched my first ever video that I did on money, which is talking about the way that I manage my money when I was a sole trader, you will know that profit first is something I'm such an advocate for. If you've never heard of it before, amazing, this episode will give you a great intro. I'm just gonna entice you by saying it's a way of looking at and managing money which is so incredibly human and really has just helped me within my business to feel way more in control of my money and just to feel way more confident about the way money is moving within my business and the way that my money goes and also comes in. I will leave it to this episode to give a proper explanation to what it is, but I will of course leave links in the show notes to the book, which I'd really recommend reading if you wanna learn more. But here we have it, me and my accountant Ben talking more about the profit first approach, what that looks like within our businesses, how we put it into place and how it's helped us. So in the first video in this series on money, I shared my financial process as a sole trader, which if people have listened to the last episode, they'll know that I'm now moved over to a limited company. But in that video, I shared like my different bank accounts and how they all work together and my kind of process of how money flows. And that's something that I came up with off the back of reading Profit First. And now that is a kind of, I was about to say mantra. It's not really a mantra, is it? But like a... (laughs) way of managing money would you say yeah like a movement or an ideal like behind an ideal of money i like that which i use in my business and so many people off the back of that video bought the book put it into practice loved it so i thought as you are a profit first accountant and that is something that you do for your business and you can help other people do it would be great for you to help me in this conversation bring in the kind of slightly more, I guess, knowledgeable arm of it as opposed to me just being like, profit first is great. It's about putting profit first and leaving it there. So kick us off, like what actually is profit first? If this is the first time they've heard of it or they just keep hearing it banded around, what does that kind of ideal actually mean? Yeah, so I don't know if I can say I'm a profit first accountant because I think they do actually have a, uh, they have like a, a membership of some sorts where they have actual accredited profit first accountants. I am not accredited with the book or the membership with it, but I have read it and I apply it within my own practice and recommend it to our clients on that side of things, mm-hmm. both the practice and the book. Yeah, I really like the the audiobook and it's, I think someone recommended it to me and I, I gave it a listen, um, I think on a plane and stuff like that and, and started working through it because it's quite, a, especially on the audiobook anyway, it's quite, um, it's quite a few exercises he gets you to do. Like he's like, right, so you can go to my website, you can download this and then you can like list all your like costs and things. And, and so he gets you to like kind of work through it. And I guess the, the same is probably in the in the actual hardcover book as well. But the whole idea of the profit first is that conventional accounting, how it's worked out for your taxes and how you're declaring it to HMRC and company's house if you're a company, is that you are taking sales, less expenses equals profit. Yeah, so money in minus money out is your profit is what's left. And one of the examples he uses at the beginning, which is anecdotal of him sitting down with his accountant after his first or second year of business 
and he's sitting down and he's I don't know what his I know he's American but I don't know what his uh, accent is if it's like New York American or something like that but he's sitting down and he's like and his accountant sits down and he goes well Mike you've earned eight thousand dollars and he's like great where is it and he's like well you've spent it you've spent the eight thousand because he's like I don't have it in my bank account and I related to that because I've had that conversation with clients many times on well you've profit is this you've got x amount of corporation tax or personal tax due on this and this date and they're like well how the hell am i going to pay for that because i don't have that in my bank account so where has that gone it is a flawed process because the process that that is using is literally just to help the government work out how much tax you got to pay it's not how well your business is performing it's not how much money you're making and I think that's the thing is that the majority of entrepreneurs who set up and run their own businesses, it doesn't get recognized, the the blood, sweat and tears, the the payments that you don't get, the, the, the regular wage that you don't get. And there's many cases, even myself um, included at the very beginning, where you're probably better off just getting a job. You would be more financially better off in that in that small brief window, just getting a job and getting paid and you know, you don't have to worry about admin and taxes. It's all sorted for you. And so the the idea is that when you get to the end of your financial year, you've, you've, you're told how much tax is due, you're told how much is left in profit, how well the business did, and then that money actually isn't in the bank account for most businesses. And mm. so it's looking at it at why is it not there? And so what he does is he tries to say, look at your sales, take away the profit, and you're left with your expenses. So he's kind of flipped the flipped the formula around a bit. And so what that's doing is that's he kind of says it's basically weight loss strategy for companies. <laughs> um, it's it's looking at what what how much money do you need to cover your expenses, and then everything else is profit. And you, I think he self professes that he's quite frugal in his normal day to day life. So he's he's not a big spender on on things that he doesn't need, and that's that's um, a good thing to live by as well. But what he does is he looks through the costs that he absolutely must have: his staff, his rent, his whatever it might be, and then he looks at what is left over uh, from his sales. I guess, and that, um, that's what we call creating your break even point. And we recommend doing this as a task anyway. And if you're listening and, and you haven't done this exercise, just open up a Google sheet or a notepad or a journal and go through your bank, whether you're on your online banking on your phone or on your other, on your monitor or your laptop and just go through your regular expenses. And you can do this both personal and business. So I do it for both. So I'll do my business one, which has all my, you know, my business costs and subscriptions going out, our software, our, our staff costs, that kind of thing. And you can also do it personally. You can add up your Netflix bill, your Amazon bill, all the you know all the bits and pieces. And what you're creating is you're creating your minimum viable amount that you need to cover, right? You need at least that amount to cover those expenses. Otherwise, you're automatically in debt. Um, if you can't cover those, then you're you're not making enough. And so you should look to cut the ones that aren't a priority. And this is that's more of getting into money management and how to like have a good money mindset and stuff like that. But what we're doing is we're, we're creating a break-even point and a break-even point is the point where you can bring in enough money to pay for all those costs and not a penny more that is covered basically so if you have a thousand pound going out and you bring in a thousand pound you've you've netted off and i know when i was training and when i was employed i was living month to month paycheck very much in that in that manner of of oh i've got x amount paid i'm going to spend all of it and then i'll get it refreshed next month what this is looking at is from a business perspective or a personal home living perspective is how much do you need to bring in 
to make that and then view everything else above that as profit mm. and he, that's why his mantra is looking at profit first and that's his system that he's he's put together and so it's it's just flipping the flipping the viewpoint of rather than waiting to the end of the year getting told how much you've earned and you've already spent it or it's just been wasted throughout the year you're actually putting it proactively away for different things and so one of the ways we use this is by either using savings accounts or we use Starling as a bank account, which comes with goals um, as a as their kind of mini savings accounts in a way. It's kind of unique. And we can create little goals or mini savings accounts. And savings accounts for businesses are normally free and for personal. So you can open up as many savings accounts as you need with your bank. So if you've got your business bank account, you can open four, five, six savings accounts if you wanted. Um, they don't have debit cards and they're normally free. And you just give each one a name, a purpose. So we have one for corporation tax, we have one for VAT, and we have one for like team stuff, for like saving up for our workation or birthdays, that kind of things like that for the team. And we've got stuff for equipment and things like that too. And then obviously we've got just what I label as profit. And profit is just the leftover stuff in a way that I don't have a necessary purpose for, but it is then technically for like, me and Chloe as the owners of the business on that side of things. Or we can then decide whether we want to reinvest that, take that out, that kind of stuff. So I think with with the profit first method, you almost have to do that first step of looking at your costs, looking at what's going out and how much you need to be making and looking at, right, okay, I am already making that amount. So that's great. And everything extra is pure profit. Or if you're not making that amount already, you then need to look at what you need to cut or how you're going to make the extra sales to cover that. And it's a great kind of exercise to look at anyway to get rid of, you know, the gym membership you never use the uh, or, or the, the subscription for like now TV or something that maybe you don't use all of it or whatever it might be. You can you can pick up little things like that. And that works, like I said, for personal and business. And I think with profit first what I love about it is just that it feels really human and it feels like it works with human nature rather than against it like you said with that example you know being told at the end of the year this is how much profit you've made and actually you've just accidentally spent that because it's in your account that feels way more challenging to try and not spend that money and avoid spending it than actually just to say let's take the profit away first and whatever you've got left is what you have to spend because it's in my nature and I'm sure many other people's nature, whatever number you see in your bank account is now just ingrained into your head as how much money you have. Yeah. And I see that number as how much I have to spend. And it's amazing how often I can get to zero, but I seem to never go under zero. So I'm very good at spending what's there. And I remember the day that I discovered Profit First and put it into practice, it almost felt like it reverse engineered profit because I'd always been thinking like one day my business is going to make profit one day it's going to make enough money to pay me and do all these things that I want to do with money to Mm. actually say okay well my minimum is that these things have to be met I have to be making this much profit I have to be putting this much aside I have to be covering my cost actually meant I wasn't chasing this slightly unattainable reality that I was never really going to get to because I wasn't good with my finances but I just said like this is the new standard and from that point it felt like things really changed. And then it felt like I could kind of interact with my money in a way that felt a lot more human and felt a lot more normal for actually just the way that I spent as a person already. It felt less like, I don't really know what's going on with my money, so I'll just let it do what it's gonna do, to, oh, okay, I can see how it's moving. And like with the different bank accounts, I can see what I've got 
for all of these different purposes and that feels clearer and better than just the like here's your big sum do what you yeah. want with it but because it gives really you know. that it gives you that clarity of exactly where you are and i think that's what a lot of business owners struggle with is that they don't necessarily know how much they're earning how much they're making it's it's one of the reasons why we use stuff like zero and 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 receipt bank and all these kind of apps to make sure that we're all cloud because it gives people more real time or almost real time data of how much have you made this month how much are you spending this month what's your what's your biggest outgoings where's the the cause for concern and it's it's also allows things to be done quicker so i think you know a lot of the times when we have the conversation of you know okay you had x amount of profit and this is the tax due you know that could be you know say it's a company and a company has a nine month deadline after its year end to get a company accounts in that could be in month eight of the accounts being prepared and finalized and it could be well yeah eight months ago you had x amount in your bank you know we have the statement that shows it but in that time you've spent it and because you didn't put away money for tax or something and now in a month's time you've got that tax to pay and so sometimes it's just like it's been spent because it hasn't been carefully allocated out and so what i was touching on with the with the goals and what we tend to recommend whether you're using starling and their goal system not sponsored or anything like that or you're (laughs) using like just like i said any other bank account and you're just having savings accounts and yeah i used you know, to just have like seven bank accounts when i was a yeah. sole trader so it worked i mean i think way. i think mike in the book he touches on going even further that you open it with a separate bank and mm. you make it so that it's one way only and I, I think there's more control over those in, in american banks perhaps but but yeah that you make it that it can only like you've got to go in to withdraw it you know he's creating these resistances because he's almost doesn't yeah. trust himself to not break the break it it's getting ahead of yourself isn't it like knowing your weaknesses with money and putting a process in place that stops you from doing that yeah if you're the type of person that's just going to put it in the goals or the savings account and then just take it out when you need it anyway it doesn't work so maybe you, you would need to then look at you know open an in-store bank account that you don't have online banking for and you have a standing order that sends the money into there so you've got to actually physically go in and it's a bigger challenge for you to do if you need it so that's like it's almost like managing addiction in a way isn't it <laughs> like trying to trying to limit yourself on those sort of things and so mm. that's having the savings accounts like we like have one for corporation tax for instance and one of the things that we get a lot is you know the percentages and how you work out you know what's split and so i guess how we work at cone is that you know in terms of our revenue that is 90 percent of that's collected by direct debit and that's normally lump summed because we have multiple clients paying us on like the first on the 15th we have some on the 8th as well and so we have some different days where some clients can pick like or whichever one they kind of prefer so that will tend to be that there'll be x amount of clients paying x amount of money through the direct debit and that will come into the account on that day and then i have like a little google sheet template where i type in that amount that comes in the bank i just type that in and i've got it just formulated it's literally just look up that cell just literally look up the amount and divide by or times by the percentage so times by 15 percent, for instance and yeah. so it's very, very simple. You can just knock it up on a Google sheet really, really easily. It's not um, not a accounting spreadsheet whiz or anything like that. You don't need that. And that will basically say, okay, if that was say 10 grand or whatever, times that by 15%, I'll then put the 1500 pound into the savings account 
of that goal, whatever that 15% was. So that tends to be what we do is that we'll have, say, VAT, for instance, the maximum it can be is 20%, right? 20% is the VAT rate. So of all of my sales that come in, it can't be higher than 20% of that. That's the ultimate top level. So we recommend that if you're being ultra prudent, you put 20% away of that VAT and you put it into a into a goal. And then every quarter when you come to do your VAT return, you should have the maximum amount saved. And when your accountant or you calculate the VAT that's due, you should have that covered and more. So you can pay the bill with that and it's one weight off your like shoulders and all that kind of stuff. And the leftover is then you can either view that as profit and put that into your profit goal maybe. You could take that out as a bonus. You could invest that in tech or equipment or whatever you might might need. But that's kind of then money that's been freed up and you don't need to put that aside anymore. And then you just follow that principle every month. VAT will never be an issue for you. It will never, never be a problem. It makes so much sense, doesn't it? Just like yeah. put the money aside for what you need it for before you get your hands on it to spend it basically and VAT is one of the things we like to use as an example here because it gets misconstrued that oh, I don't want to be VAT registered because I'll have to pay HMRC money and I have to do I have to pay them money and stuff but if you step back and think you're charging VAT on top of your prices so it's never your money you're you're already getting your money plus 20 percent and you're basically just a glorified middleman for HMRC to collect the 20 percent and pay it over to them in the interim, they let you knock off your expenses that you've suffered, so you only pay them the the leftover rather than having to pay it all over and claim it all back. So they just let you work it out in the middle and send it off. So if you look at it in that way and you put that money aside, then you should never have a problem with VAT. And it's a lot easier said than done, obviously, in some cases. But for the most part, if you start in that way as you mean to go on, then it will never be an issue. The... One of the things we we do recommend is that, you know, 20% is the maximum, but once you've done a couple or you've got a good idea of, okay, it's always it's always a little bit less. It's never fully 20%. Like So for instance, Cone's, our biggest cost is staff, probably, and a lot of our software is either American, Australian or whatever as well. So there's not a lot of VAT on those side of things. So generally our VAT returns are, I'd say around 15% of what we and obviously we're we're charging 20% on the VAT and we're getting about 5% reclaimed on average. So for me, our VAT returns are pretty close to what they would be without any expense reclaims at all. So we put 15% as my goal. That's what I put aside. So when when our money comes in, I'll put 15% aside and then normally pretty most of the time I'll be bang on. Like it'll be round up there or thereabouts and I've got it all set aside already and then I can just pay it when it's due. And there's no there's no issues. Things like corporation tax, um, although it's 19%, salaries and things like that are eligible for corporation tax relief. So my corporation tax, despite the rate being 19% for a company at the moment, my corporation tax is about 7%, 7.5%, I believe, because after all the costs and things like that, and any computers and stuff that we have to... Uh, and I guess I've got the advantage that I'm an accountant, so I can kind of pre, pre-work this out a little bit. But if, you, if you've got your accountant and you can have a book and a call with them, have a chat with them, and you can do this with them if, you're, if you've got your records on like Zero or QuickBooks or something, it's very straightforward to do. And they can help you with this. But yeah, so I would put 7.5% away. And then things like, you know, tech and like team meals that I touched on and stuff like that. I have some smaller like 
two, three, four percent kind of stuff that I'll just put those little drips drips into. And so I think I think roughly if I just pull out the spreadsheet, I think I think about fifty-two percent of Cone's earnings get straight away put into goals. Mm. Now I don't do the goals for all the expenses because that would be too much money, like managing the money in and out. So I just let the main account be, basically I put away the stuff that I don't want to touch and the main bank account kind of just pays all the wages, the subscriptions, the software, all that kind of stuff. Um, I know in the book he does touch on that you can have like the savings account or a separate current account just for expenses. You can move money into it. And again, that can work for me. I just use the main account as everything goes out of that and everything comes into it. And I take from that and put into the goals rather than trying to, it would, I think it'd be too micromanaging if you, if you're trying to like, oh, I've got my 10 pound MailChimp coming out. So let me take that 10 pound out of this goal that I've put it aside Mm -hmm. and put it in so it can take it. Um, I think you've got more risk of missing it, forgetting and things bouncing and stuff like that, which is not the, not the point. So I think it's looking at what works for you and, and, um, seeing what you want to put aside for what things you want to save for maybe it's you want to get three months in advance of your rent so you've got a safety net if something happens like the coronavirus or something like that right you know maybe it's having a having a cushion or a what we call a um, a runway where you've saved like six or 12 months worth of profit or revenue so that you can move premises or you can hire two or three staff members you know you can set it as a goal or as a as a fund for something that you want in the future as much as it could be for just putting aside your taxes so it's looking at what the things you want to put aside for and building on that and it's something we even before the profit first book i've recommended that you have separate savings accounts and stuff to put your taxes aside from it was only when i was reading the mike mccallowitz book while i was listening to it technically that it came to a point of actually, yeah, you could even put aside the stuff you do want to have, the profit, the 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 holiday, the you know, and it applies personally as well as business. You can put aside if you're wanting to move house or you want to get a mortgage or whatever, you can put that aside as well. You can create all these goals around that and go mm. from there. Yeah, I think it just ultimately makes you feel more in control of your finances, especially from a work perspective. You know, you know, similar to you, I think it's like 50 something percent of my income leaves my bank account the second it comes in or the second that I've remembered to go and move it around. And even just that process, like you said, you can you can engineer it to get whatever you want, whatever you want to be saving towards, whatever you want to be spending more money on within your business. You know, as long as the money that's left over is still covering cost. And that's where that first exercise you mentioned of actually figuring out what your cost is. You know, as long as that's covered, you're ultimately then in a real position of control where you can just be putting aside however much you need or you want to in a way that then once it's put it's it's put aside, it is separated And you don't then have that tendency, which I know, even for me, like moving limited is now going to stop me from doing this. I would even still feel tempted to like, oh, just drop in and grab that. Or like, there's a few thousand in there. Like what's a few hundred off of that doesn't make a difference. But when you know what it's working towards and you see that number build and build, you know, I've got an amount in my profit account that I don't think the business has ever saved before. And I'm just Mm. like, that's, it's amazing that just through this really repetitive, simple process that works with your human nature rather than against it you build a way more profitable business and you build a business where the finances don't feel you know completely complex or out of control but actually you can at a glance like you said especially with something like starling just know 
this is where I'm at. This is what money I've yep. got for this or don't have. I'm good to go. Makes a Absolutely. huge difference. And I think it's just giving money a purpose. You're putting something behind it and you're saying, mm. you know, this is being allocated for profit. This is being allocated for staff or a vocation or a new computer or a till system or whatever it might be, a new website build. Like it could be, it could be anything that you need in your business or what you're saving for. And when you're giving it a purpose and putting it aside, you're being more like actionable with it. You're actually stepping forward and saying, right, okay, I'm going to be putting this money aside for this purpose. And I think that's just a lot more powerful than just waiting and hoping that the bank account will just have that amount in it at one day. Because if you're not allowing for it, or you're not putting that money aside for it, then something else is going to come and eat it up and, and you're going to spend it on something else, whether, you know, actively through deciding just to have a blowout and just go buy stuff or just with subscriptions creeping up and stuff creeping up and you're not and before you know it you're like mike is at the beginning of his little anecdote wondering where his 8k profit is you know and and wondering where that's gone and so it's you know putting putting a purpose behind it just makes it a lot more easier to run your business and be more comfortable with your finances Mm, yeah and just ultimately makes you feel like you get it and it makes sense Mm. and it's not this super like foreign complicated process of kind of like cash flow forecast like as powerful as that stuff is a lot of the time when you're a very small business actually just being able to log into something like starling which this isn't an ad for but definitely should be because i feel like we're both in love with it i know (laughs) um yeah to just be able to see your finances really clearly and like you said have a real connection to them and know like this is what that's money that money is for i think just makes yeah a huge difference so if off the back of this episode, people were to do one thing to kind of put an element of profit first into action. Cause I like you, I like that you mentioned that you've kind of got to make it work for you. You know, like you, I don't have the separate expenditure account. Cause I just thought about mm. how I would do that. And I was like, I don't understand that bit. I'm going to leave that. So of course it's taking it on board, but doing it in a way that works. So what would be like one piece of action for people to do off the back of this episode? I guess even just to feel more in control of their finances or get a step closer to what we're talking about here. Yeah, I would I would do the original the original thing I said about creating a Google Sheet or grabbing your journal and just first of all just note down everything you've got going out, first of all. So you've got to know you've got to find out your break even point for this to work. So you've got to you've got to know whether you're doing this personally or for business. You've got to be able to sit down and go through what's your recurring regular costs and they might be variable and if they are if they're like different some months like you know maybe it's a little bit higher some months just put a rough average or an estimate of what you think it will be and that will just give you clarity then and also a visual I mean when I did that for the business and for myself personally I found so many things that were just creeping up or you know insurance that I took out ages ago that I didn't change provider with so I could I could change and get a cheaper quote or you know like simply just gym subscription I did not use (laughs) like you know look things things like that where you just end up it just ends up in your list of direct debits or your list of standing orders or it's your cards attached to it and so it's you can't even cancel in your bank you've got to log into the app to change it like there's so many barriers that sometimes you can just create a list of yeah I need all of this but I'm going to log in and cancel these two things because I don't use them mm. and that could be 30 quid a 30 quid a month that over five years is hundreds of pounds that you've saved that you know it starts small but it can it can have a massive effect and that's when I would then make sure that whether you're 
whether you're moving to Starling off the back of this non non advertised podcast, <laughs> or uh, <laughs> logging into your online banking and creating your savings accounts as we speak, that you do that and you then start putting aside. You name those accounts. Don't just have them savings one, savings two, savings three. Call them corporation tax, VAT, you know, personal tax, whatever you want to call mm. it. I've got um, one that's just called fun, and I just put one yeah. percent into it. That's it, one percent. But it's just yeah. my fun one. That I'm just going to yeah. use for, and then, I don't know. And then what. it comes to do something, you can go, oh, actually, that's like a fun thing for the team to do, or it's a fun, like, like yeah, I mean, we, we have like a team event every month normally, and then like a workation each year. And so we put three or 4% away every month for that. And that then means that we've got all those when birthdays come up, when like um, anniversaries come up or whatever, and the workation gets booked and stuff like that. We've got it there. And Again, it's just one less weight with cash flow then off the shoulders of, you know, you've already got it and it's important and you've already got it and you don't have to scramble mm. trying to find it. Yeah, do that exercise of almost like ripping the band-aid off, coming to terms with the finances and then download Starling because it will change your life. Yeah, because <laughs> you've got to you've got to know the problem to, to yeah. approach it, right? And the only way you're going to know that is by listing all your expenses first and so, yeah, I just did that through going through the bank statement and just yeah. noting everything down and seeing where everything was, giving it all the name, categorizing it and saying, right, okay, here's the stuff we don't need. Here's the stuff we do need mm. and cutting it from there, really. Yeah. And actually something I read in the book just before this recording, just to refresh my memory, was where he said, like, money's the one thing where if you ignore it, it does not get better or ever go away. Yeah. It does just get worse. Yeah. So although that process is so painful of like, let's look at the bank statements, let's admit how maybe not great I am with money. Let's, you know, figure yeah. out where my yeah. profit's gone in the last year. That's the kind of thing where it sounds awful, but the sooner you do it, the easier it is, because then you put the kind of process in first, like profit first, which then just feels almost too good to be true of like, oh, okay, this is really easy to do. And it's quite, yeah, yeah as soon as you've got it, it starts serving you. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. Yeah. It's fab. Thank you so much. I appreciate you sharing more of your genius. No, no I feel like for all the people that bought Profit First, hopefully this has been helpful to then figure out some of the questions that have come up off the back of it. Because I think yeah. especially because it's quite like, it's obviously the ideal and it's quite American. It's nice just to yes. hear you talk through how you put it into practice and what that looks like. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'll link Starling in the show notes because everyone now needs yeah. to get it. <laughs> we absolutely. love Starling. <laughs> Team cool. Starling, for thanks, sure. Ben. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening in on that conversation about Profit First. Like I said in the intro and throughout the episode, it's genuinely been such a game-changing approach for me. So I couldn't recommend enough reading or listening to, like Ben did, that book and then beginning to put it into practice within your business. I will pop loads of links in the show notes so you can go and check out more about what Profit First is. And like I said, dig into that book. But if you do have any questions or if you wanna talk it through, pop me a message over on Instagram because I put Profit First into place with my soul trader and I've now just settled into the way that I do Profit First within my limited company too. So there should be a video coming out across the next few weeks slash months, who knows, sharing my new processes with Profit First as a limited company. But like Ben and I mentioned in the episode, getting a business account like Starling, not sponsored, but honestly should be because I love them, really does make a difference. So all of those links will be 
in the show notes. I'd love it if you found me over on Instagram at Alice underscore Benham and had a bit of a chat about this episode because honestly, the more that I tell people about it, the more I realize everybody needs to get engaged in this approach to money and see the difference that it makes in their business. So hopefully this has been an interesting episode to you. I will be back next Monday with some solo episodes, which are gonna be nice and bite-sized and just giving you guys some focus and some expertise over the next few weeks slash months. So I will speak to you then, but until then, I hope you have the best week. <laughs>